Wings Way, a podcast looking back at the history of the Kalamazoo Wings. I'm voice of the K-Wings, Isaac Berkey, and throughout the course of this season, we're going to hear a lot of great stories and get a behind-the-scenes look from those players and coaches who lived it over the last 44 seasons. On this edition of the Wingsway Podcast, joined by former K-Wing defenseman Dean Kolstad. Dean, really appreciate you giving us some time this afternoon to uh, to chat here. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, I know we've talked about it for the last couple months, and uh, I'm excited uh, that you had me on. Well, we'll uh, we're more than happy to have you. Looking forward to uh, to hearing some of the stories you have to tell. We'll jump right in. You came to Kalamazoo 88-89. You were a second-round pick of the North Stars coming out of the Western Hockey League. What did you know, if anything, about Kalamazoo and the IHL at the time? I didn't really know too much, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, the scout um, for Minnesota at the time that was um, instrumental in getting me drafted was Les Jackson. He was a Western uh, Hockey League guy himself um, and, and spent a lot of time uh with the draft picks and recruiting and stuff out there. Um, when my dad drove with me to Kalamazoo when we left Edmonton, uh, he came in, uh, which was now uh, and still was back then, Westnage, but it certainly didn't have uh, the stuff uh, on it that it does today. It was kind of uh, frightening at the start back then because you didn't really know what you were getting yourself into. For you coming in, you were you're a bigger guy, six six, as a defenseman. What was kind of the uh, the stereotype of the IHL when you got here? Was it that that rough and tumble kind of stereotype that we've heard guys talk about? And is that what you kind of prepared yourself for? Yeah, um, you know, I, I wasn't uh, a great big fighting uh, player when I played in the Western Hockey League. You know. It seemed that when I when I fought people, it was um, you know to protect my players, or or you usually ended up having to fight the uh, other team's tough guy just because, like you said, you were a bigger player. Um, and that really didn't change when I came to Kalamazoo. Uh, you know, we had uh, my first year, we had our share of uh, of tough players um, to begin with. Um, obviously starting out with um, Kevin Evans and uh, you know you knew you were in a hockey game when you were playing with Kevin because he'd always stir the pot and get things going and uh, inevitably that's what was going to take place at some point during the game for sure. That first year coming in was there what what was that experience like getting into Kalamazoo kind of getting into your first training camp and as a guy who was a draft pick, what was your mindset around being sent to Kalamazoo instead of, you know, jumping right up to the NHL? Well, you know, it's an interesting uh, – I when I did come to Kalamazoo, I was only 19 years old. And, um, you know, I didn't get sent back to juniors. Um, they decided to send me, obviously, here to Kalamazoo, and uh, they figured I'd develop uh, better – um, down here and you know looking back on it I probably would have uh, it would have served me better to um, spend uh, a couple three years in the minors 
and uh, and then develop some more um, skills, some more what have you. Um, so when I was uh, going to play in the NHL level, I was more prepared. As it turned out, due to injuries and due to trades and really due um, to Minnesota not being a very good team, um, I played some games that year, and then uh, it probably was too early for me to be playing in the NHL at 19. Who were some of the guys when you got here that kind of took you under your wing as a 19-year-old kid and kind of helped you get adapted to not only the pro game, but it's an adjustment coming into the pro hockey lifestyle, really. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I think my first uh, my first roommate um, I had was uh, Steve Goddess. Um, he was back from around Edmonton, where I where I'm from. Um, Manny Viveros was here playing defense, um, and he, of course, played in Prince Albert. Um, where I played junior hockey. So I played uh, a year with him in uh, Prince Albert. Um, so he helped me a lot. And then all the players here, Kevin Evans and Mitch Messier and Paul Girard, um, there there was quite a few. We, we had a, a, a pretty good mix of Western Hockey League players or, or people from Western Canada on the team. So it was pretty seamless um, once the season started. How how much did that help you having that big group of Western Canadian guys, Western Hockey League guys in your rookie year? Well, it helped a lot. I mean, you you know you obviously they're your teammates, so you're you're sticking up for each other. But um, thinking back, there wasn't too many of us that uh, were married, so we did a lot of stuff together. Um, you know, we went bowling after practice and and movies and, and went out to eat and, and just did a bunch of stuff that you would expect, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids to do. Um, you know, now it's a little bit different. We always laugh that, you know, they're walking around with their protein drinks and going to the gym and seeing, you know, making sure they're at home at 9 o'clock to go to bed. And it wasn't quite like that uh for for our team that's for sure any uh any good stories of things that you think about now that you're like man i don't know i don't know how we got away with that or man we certainly couldn't do that today well pretty much everything not to get into (laughs) any detail but yeah there was a lot of stuff you know john marks was our coach and he was just a really good guy um he was a player's coach and he was you know he he played in Chicago for a long time and had a great NHL career. And, and he, he pretty much let you do what you want as long as when you got to the rink, you performed. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the old school way of thinking. Bill Inglis was the general manager and, and he, he was kind of the same way, you know, as long as you performed when you got to the rink, either for practice or for games, you can do what you want on your own time. So when I talked with Kevin Evans when he was in town, he he kind of alluded to the fact that there might have been some pranksters on those teams, but wouldn't necessarily point the finger at one guy or the other, or even necessarily give some really good prank stories. But do you have any good prank stories, or who were the pranksters? Well, I don't I don't really have um, uh, 
that I'm going to share the prank stories with, but the reason he didn't tell you the names is because he was one of them. <laughs> and Steve Goddess, Steve Goddess was another one. Um, we had, like I said, a really good group of guys that, that really got along well together. And uh, that's what made it enjoyable because, as you know, it's a grind. And, and sitting on the bus and traveling, uh, aside from going to Salt Lake City or Denver, you were on the bus every, every road trip. And uh, you had to learn to get along and play cards and, and uh, keep yourself busy. And uh, a lot of times, like you said, that was uh, pranking each other for sure. When you look back at you know at those those three years really in Kalamazoo, a lot of good rivalries, a lot of kind of close proximity teams. Was there one rivalry that you enjoyed or dreaded playing more than the others? Well, you didn't really dread them. I mean, you knew what was going to happen, and and of course that was against the the Fort Waynes and the Muskegons. I mean that that was going to turn into some sort of brawl or or something at some point during the game. And a lot of times you, you played back to back and, um, that kind of stuff happened. And then, you know, you, when, when Salt Lake city came into to the league and you're out there playing and, and of course them in Denver were, were kind of out by themselves. And then San Diego joined, um, I think maybe my third year, uh, they just, the the IHL at that time was the premier minor league hockey. Um, the American League was a much younger league, and uh, you know I think they had some rules about how many young guys they could play or, or were mandated as to how many people, um, rookies and such they had to play. So all the what I would say the better veteran players came to the IHL, and uh, there was a lot of good hockey players back then. That's for sure. Any stories that come to mind, maybe one from Fort, the Fort Wayne rivalries and one from Muskegon? Well, I think when we were – I remember one time we were playing in Fort Wayne and we were um, – it was right at the end of the game and and, uh, and uh, we, <laughs> there, there were, we had scored we, – we were winning quite handily. Um, which was unusual in that rivalry. Usually it was a pretty tight game, and that's why things never really got crazy out of hand. Um, but this game just happened to – we happened to get up on them, and, and at that point you're thinking, let's just ride ride it out and finish the game and get on the bus and go home. And then we scored another goal, and things started to get chippy. And, and then all of a sudden, with about a minute left, we decided we were going to score another one. And, of course, I had been out on the ice with, I can't remember who. I know Kevin was out on the ice, and uh, and uh, they had, like, Kevin Kaminsky and Steve Fletcher and, oh, gosh, I can't remember some of the other guys. Um, but I came off, I was out there for about a minute and a half, and I came off and sat on the bench, and they're getting ready to drop the puck, and we only had four guys on the ice, and, John Mark said, you know, get back out there for the last minute, and I was spent. And, of course, you could see what was going to go down, and as soon as the puck dropped, it turned into a five-on-five line brawl. And the guys that should have grabbed each other from each team that were tough, they bypassed each other. And <laughs> I ended up having to fight Steve Fletcher, which seemed like for about 
20 minutes, and I think it was probably only two. And uh, I was beaten, and he beat on me pretty good. And, you know, those are the things that just happened back then. You you didn't really have a choice. There wasn't a, a whole bunch of uh, extra players kicking around, and if you were hurt or or tweak something, you still had to play the next night, and, and that's just the way it worked. Um, Muskegon was always, you know, they had the Mitch Wilsons and Jimmy Peck and all kinds of guys like that, and, and Kevin would go in there and get them stirred up. And, of course, the other thing that happened uh, along the way back then was the, the fans traveled, and, and our fans were here in Kalamazoo were as good as any in the league and, and, and still are. And uh, they'd travel to Fort Wayne. And they'd travel to Muskegon. You get three, four, five hundred fans, a thousand fans, and and it got pretty loud and pretty rowdy in the in the crowd as well. You mentioned that fan base, so we'll lead into it. What was it like playing for that fan base? And what were your? I mean, how did the fan base kind of live up to what you were expecting when you got here? Um, I, I, again, I didn't really have any idea what to expect when I got here. Um, all I know is that the fans here treated myself and, and uh, you know, you go back to the alumni games that we played over the last four or five years and they come out and support and, and you look forward to talking to them. Um, they've spent a lot of time and a lot of their hard-earned money going to the games um, and supported the players over the years, had them over for dinner, um, did anything they could to help uh, – and, and and when you look back on it, that's why so many of us players made our homes here in Kalamazoo because of the way we were treated by the fans. Yeah, for you, you mentioned that, so we'll go right there too. You're back in the Kalamazoo area, but you didn't finish your career here in Kalamazoo. You ended up playing several other places. How did you end up back in Kalamazoo? Well, my wife's from here, um, so... I was, uh, I was my last couple of years, I was a coach and general manager, assistant general manager, assistant coach down in the Western Professional Hockey League, and I had to decide um, if I was going to continue down the head coach, head general manager role, um, or I got offered a job to, to come back here, and I'm in the golf business. I'm the director of golf uh, for the Gull Lake View Golf Resort, and uh my owner at that time offered me a job to come back and do that. And my wife decided uh, that would be a lot better than traveling around. So for, you know, the last essentially 20 plus years, um, we've been back here and uh, have enjoyed every minute of it. So I'll, I'll wrap it up with this one question that I've, I've been able to ask a lot of guys and I kind of like ending on this note, but especially with you as someone who's, who's been around, you've kind of seen this organization from the time you played and, You've gotten a chance to see it here lately. When you think about the 45 years of Kalamazoo Wings hockey, the time from when you were here to now, if you had to kind of sum up what Kalamazoo Wings hockey is into one phrase or word, what would that be? Well, I would say class, and and that stems from the leadership. Um, you know, back when Mr. and Mrs. Parfat owned the team and now Bill Johnson and, and that group, um, I've known them for a long time and because I live out here in Gull Lake and in and, and class is the word I'd use. And not only just for 
for what they do for the Kalamazoo Wings hockey, but what they do for the city of Kalamazoo. Um, they've put a lot of money and a lot of effort into making this area um, what it is today. It's, it's, a, it's a fast growing area with a lot of really cool things to do. And a lot of it stems from what they have done um, as families and what they've put into the area to, to help do that. All right, Dean Kolstad, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Isaac. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wings Way, and make sure to check back each week for new episodes. Is there a former K-Wing you want to hear from? Head on over to any of our social media accounts and let us know. While you're there, make sure to follow and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram so you can stay up to date with all your K-Wings news.